Welcome to the Center Church Dubai. We are a church built and centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ours is the story of a faithful God who saved imperfect people by His grace, united them by the love of Christ, and sent them out to bring many more to Him. Thanks for joining us. The scripture reading for today is taken from Psalm 23. Open your Bibles to Psalm 23 or follow along in the bulletin. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the bright paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the darkest, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One of the first Bible verses, possibly, that children are taught in Christian homes or Sunday school is Psalm 23, verse 1. And once the child has learned to recite this verse, we parents say that our child knows Psalm 23, verse 1. For us grown-ups, this verse remains in our memory. It lingers there. And many of us hold it through life journeys as a promise through our fears and through our tears. But if we really take time to meditate on this verse, the way David has penned it down, we will know that for David, this was not just a promise to hold on to, or a piece of information the way we used to have when we were children when we recited this verse. But for David, this was the reality of his present life experience, which he was affirming and based on his present journey, he is able to see ahead and have a hope for his future. And when we look at the life of David, we know as a youth, he he shepherded his father's sheep and he knew the needs of sheep he knew how to take care of them and when he pens down his relationship with God he is able to identify himself as a sheep and the Lord as his shepherd the one who cares for him the Lord has been David's shepherd and he is able to testify the question we must ask ourselves this morning is is God really our shepherd? And do we really believe that he cares for us? And does our life, does our behavior reflect what we believe that the Lord is our shepherd? Yes, there are times when we feel alone and unwanted. We fear and we doubt. But Jesus, the caring shepherd, is there with us and he knows our every need. Today's sermon is titled, Shepherd of My Soul, to enable each one of us <laughs> to ask, introspect, 
acknowledge and affirm that the Lord indeed is the shepherd of our life and enable us to live with the assurance, with the blessed assurance that Jesus alone is a shepherd who cares for us. So let that be our prayer as we look into God's word that we hold on to our present life experiences. We don't deny it. We, we acknowledge the reality of our life journey and we acknowledge who God is and the promises of his word and we bring it together to give ourselves hope for the future. I have three points for today's sermon. The presence of the shepherd, that is verse one to three. The protection of the shepherd, verse four and five. And the provision of the shepherd, verse six. The presence of the shepherd, verse one to three. Verse one begins by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Who is the shepherd? The shepherd is identified as Lord. And in your Bibles, you will note that Lord, the name Lord is written in caps. This is how God identifies himself by name. In Isaiah 42 verse 8, it is written, I am the Lord, that is my name. And in some versions, the name Jehovah is used. Uh, you may recall that in Exodus in, in uh, Exodus 3, when uh, God is looking out for Moses and saying, I want to rescue my people in Egypt and I'm going to send you to them, to my people. He says, if, and this is in uh, Exodus 3 verse 13 and 14, Moses says to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of our fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what's his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Now, in, in the Old Testament, when we really do a study of God's names, the name Lord in caps, the name Jehovah, and I am who I am, all come together as the same person. So we may read it differently, but just hold that thought in our minds. Okay. Now, we who are in the New Covenant are able to see the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. And when we are able to see that, we know the reality of God's names and how it applies to us. But for those who were in the Old Covenant, and even those who were before the Old Covenant was given, they understood God progressively. So uh, when God later on talks to Moses, he tells him in Exodus chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, he says, I am the Lord, in caps. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. Some of your Bibles will use the reference as El Shaddai. But by the name, but, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. See, God is a God who has progressively revealed himself to his people over time, which is why Hebrews 1 tells us that, but in the last days, he has revealed to us through his Son. Now, who is this Lord? Who is this Jehovah? Who is this I am? We find as we read through scripture that Jehovah or the Lord in caps is the one who reveals himself as the self-existent one, the one who in himself has life and he is the God of revelation to his creation. So you will find God revealing him, himself by who he is according to his name. Jehovah Nisi, God is my banner. Jehovah Shalom, 
God is my peace. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And in this morning's passage, we find his name as Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. Now the root word for Rohi in Hebrew comes from the meaning to feed, which means a shepherd who feeds his flock. And this morning, the Lord is revealing himself to us as our shepherd. So what's the outcome if the Lord is my shepherd? A little boy in Sunday school was trying to recite Psalm 23 verse 1 in front of the whole Sunday school class. You know the Sunday school programs that happen. And uh, this boy had been taught at home by his mother this verse. This boy was sure that he knew this verse. But when he came and stood there, you know, you always have when small children stand on stage, the mother or the teacher is standing in front and prompting the child. When this boy started reciting Psalm 23 verse 1, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he had clearly forgotten what the next part was. He again said, the Lord is my shepherd. And then the mother and the teacher are still prompting it, prompting him. He's not able to remember, recollect what he's learned. Finally, the boy in his frustration says, the Lord is my shepherd and that is enough. <laughs> the psalmist David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if we are not careful, we can misunderstand I shall not want as I shall not be in want. In a way it is true that when the Lord is our shepherd, we will not be in want. But it is possible that we can misunderstand that David is only pointing out to material blessings, although those may be true in some of our lives. Now, I shall not want means something that I have that eludes most people today. It means I have contentment and I have security and I have fellowship with God and that is enough. For some of us, this verse is a reflex verse. The moment we hear somebody say, the Lord is my shepherd, mentally we say in our minds, and I shall not want. But is this really true in our life? The Lord may be our shepherd because we have believed in the finished work of Christ on the cross, but it may be possible that we are still wanting and working for what is not in the shepherd's plan for his sheep. So the antidote for this is to acknowledge God's truth that the presence of the shepherd is any day more important than the presence of material blessings that may come our way when we follow the shepherd. This will be the beginning of our journey to truly understand what it means to be cared for by the shepherd. So church, I want to ask you a question. What is your greatest need this morning? Is it the presence of the shepherd in your life or the presence of material blessing? You may know the correct answers to say sitting in a Sunday worship service. But is this your daily weekday answer? Is this what you get out of bed for every weekday when you go to work? And is your need moving you to live with the assurance that the Lord is indeed your shepherd? Is your present experience of who God is and the promises of his word giving you hope 
for the future. Now, when the Lord is your shepherd, you know, in John chapter 10, where Jesus describes the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep, the sheep listen for his voice. Now, the shepherd doesn't drive the sheep from behind. He calls the sheep from ahead. And today we listen to many voices, many of them sensible, legitimate, and yet outside God's will. And as sheep, we will have to have that sensory aspect in our life where we tune our life to listen to the shepherd through the word, through prayer, and through fellowship with fellow sheep, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Without this listening, there is no following. And it is possible that we are imagining that Jesus, our shepherd, is leading us when some other shepherd will actually be leading us. Verse 2 tells us that he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Now David is giving us a picture of green pasture land. Imagine this in your mind. Picture this. A green pasture land and streams running through this land. A shepherd who purposely chooses green pastures so that his, his sheep can feed well, his sheep can rest well, without any fear or disturbance. He chooses a place which is necessary for the well-being of his sheep. In Hebrew, the words for still waters literally mean restful waters. So our shepherd wants to bring us to that place of rest, a place of trust, a place of confidence, a place where you can rely on him and focus on him without any distractions or fears. Supplying our daily needs and offering us inner peace and rest is part of God's desire to restore our souls, to revive us in Him. So how has life been for you? Calm and peaceful? Or is it a ride which you are holding on to for dear life? Ask yourself if you are able to practice the presence of the shepherd in your life. If we are given the choice to hold on to a reality in your life, a verse from scripture, always remember Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The presence of Jesus, it's God's eternal promise to his church. There was a small book that was compiled, a book of collected teachings of Brother Lawrence in, written in the 17th century. It is called The Practice of the Presence of God. This book reminds us to keep the spiritual discipline of fellowship with God, even through the routine tasks of life, whether you're cooking, whether you're brushing your teeth, you're washing your clothes, you're walking along the road, to continue to be in the presence of Christ and to enjoy it. So this book talks about delighting in and conversing continually with God in divine company without any rules or measures at any moment, especially in times of temptation, suffering, dryness, weariness, even infidelity and sin. We tend to focus on staying busy, working hard sometimes to the extreme as we continually try to find that perfect work-life balance. Some days go by in such a blur that we have a hard time catching our breath. God offers us a chance 
to slow all that down. Still waters are places where we can slow down and quieten ourselves. To be quiet and still with him, enjoy the presence of the shepherd in the midst of so much of circumstances which cause turmoil and confusion around us. But this can happen only when we take our eyes off our busyness, our schedules, and focus on the one who, who is our shepherd, who has said he will never leave us nor forsake us. Continually seeking God actively when we get up in the morning is what is going to drive our day. That first moment perspective that we get when we get up. We say, you know the difference between the person who says, good morning Lord and good Lord it's morning. The difference is that the person who says good morning Lord has woken up with God's perspective in his mind. Now when God created the world, there was evening and there was morning every day of creation. The Jew was taught to rest and from rest to go to work. In our culture, we work and then we go and rest. So even our restful time is not restful. We are striving during our restful time and we keep fidgeting. But when we rest and go to work, our place of work will also be a place of rest. So the writer of Hebrews reminds us in chapter 4 verse 10 and 11, For whoever has entered God's rest or has also rested from his work, just as God has rested from his. Let us therefore now strive to enter that rest. Church, we need this rest as preparation for restoration of our soul. Verse 3 reminds us that this shepherd restores our soul. To restore means to repair, to renovate, or return to a former state the soul was. And remember, the soul is the deepest part of us, the innermost part of our being. And it's only the one who has made us, our creator, who can restore us in the right way because he knows our need, what we need really to restore our soul. But the catch is this. Restoration of the soul is only possible for those whose souls have been redeemed. Those who put their faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Jesus promised rest for all those who come to him. When you read Matthew 11 verse 28 to 30, he says, Come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now Jesus is the one, this shepherd is the one who is promising rest to his sheep. But we can, those of us who are, have enjoyed God's rest at different times, let us come back to enjoying the joy of salvation, the salvation and the relationship that we have with God. Only those who are born again can truly experience this, this presence of the shepherd and enjoy the relationship and fellowship with the shepherd. Now restoration of the soul doesn't just need only rest, it also needs reflection, it also needs replenishment. As a practical application, times of reflection can include repentance. Isaiah says in chapter 30 verse 15, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. Many people think that they are only thinking 
when they actually rearranging their prejudices when you reflect who is your focus of reflection is it god and his word or is it you analyzing your own life and just moving things around but nothing has changed how is reflection time for you do you invest time in reflecting on who god is and what he has done for you replenishment has to do with obtaining back what you have lost if you have been journeying through life you are worn out your feet are dusty and tired set yourself again into the presence of the one who has said i will never leave you nor forsake you i have quickly noted down three ways we can reset our focus on the shepherd the first is to remember what god has already done for you now remember the principle of remembrance you cannot remember what you have not seen or heard or experienced remembering is responding to something that has already happened in your life and the way we are tuned we seem to remember what we must not and we forget what we actually should remember so remember what god has already done for you secondly recount to yourself and to others who he is to you you know there are times of dry seasons that everyone goes through and those dryness only we understand the next person may not be able to understand or even be sensitive to but this is the moment where those in a in a dry and thirsty land the healthy tree is building its roots deeper and deeper so that nourishment is received through the presence of the shepherd recount to yourself when all your prayers seem to be uh, not receiving any answers when there seems to be silence to what you are praying for recount to yourself and to others who god is to you and thirdly refresh others because whoever refreshes others will be refreshed this is a promise of god's word in a world of consumer christianity where we come to churches and bible studies and fellowship only to receive this is an aspect that is highly discounted we forget that there comes a point in our life unless we start refreshing others we ourselves will not be refreshed try this it works because this is god's word which always stands firm and secure in spite of what we think so the next time you are feeling frantic and stressed and you are wondering how you are going to see through your day allow god the shepherd to guide you and lead you because he is in total control even when you are not he knows your need and he will help you get to the place that he is taking you to all you need is to trust him as someone said your green pastures and still waters are closer than you think verse 3 then tells us further the purpose of the shepherd leading us he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake some of the bible versions say he leads me in right paths god's purpose of leading us in paths of righteousness is that his name be glorified but it is possible that we as christians may have so chosen certain paths certain self salvation paths certain self righteous paths and by our self righteousness we may want to create a name for ourselves to glory in 
But this is completely opposed against God's plans of righteousness for our lives, where he wants to make a name for himself in and through us, in and through the circumstances of our lives, in and through the pe difficult people in our lives. Now, paths of life are built through attitudes, it can be built through addictions, and it can even be built through traditions. Paths have to do with our daily walk, which consists of an intentional series of actions that we take. It's not just what we pray or what we think. These are actual life choices that we make on a daily basis, which we walk through every day of our life. You could actually call it your personal code of conduct, a set of principles or values that you've set for yourself and you are now living every day according to your personal code of conduct. Does that personal code of conduct align with what is God's plan and purpose for you? But remember also, it is only the restored soul that can be a piece of clay in God's hands, which God will mold for the glory of his name. God doesn't lead you to green pastures and restful waters just for your sake, though yes, our refreshment is important, but he does it all for the glory of his name. To those among us who are still seeking God, we want to tell you that everyone has a shepherd in life. Who is your shepherd? This morning is a question we want to ask you. Who is the one who's leading you? The one who gives you always what you want? Or the one who gives you what is best for you and he leads you every moment of your life? The second point I want to bring to you this morning is the protection of the shepherd. Even though, verse 4 and 5 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, while the sheep could experience what you call a mountaintop experience of green pastures and restful waters, there are times when they have to come down to the valley, a valley of deep darkness, so dark that it is covered by the shadow of death. Now, we know how a shadow is formed when an object intercepts a ray of light. In the sin-contaminated world, the light of life has been intercepted by sin, and the shadow of death hovers over all creation. So there is darkness and death in the midst of light and life. Sheep are animals that are preyed upon and by predators in the valley of the shadow of death. They cannot defend themselves. At best, they can run, but even that too is not their strength. Sheep have nothing in themselves to defend themselves against their enemies or even against hostile weather. So sheep have every reason to fear evil in this deep, dark valley. It is only as they stay close to the shepherd, to the presence, in the presence of the shepherd, that they will enjoy the protection of the shepherd. Now, being a shepherd is a dangerous job, requiring much sacrifice. A good shepherd endured cold and heat, weariness and sleeplessness and danger to take care of his sheep. Even David says in 1 Samuel how he had to rescue his sheep from the mouth of the lion and the bear. In biblical times, 
a shepherd used to use both a rod and a staff and both were for the protection of the sheep the rod was used to fight off wild animals and to prod the sheep during the day to give them direction and at night to prod the sheep into the sheep pen the rod was also used to count the sheep the sheep would pass under the rod of the shepherd and the and the shepherd would keep counting the sheep uh, how important was it to count the sheep very important to ensure that all the sheep came back into the fold because they had been traveling extensively in the countryside during the day if you have ever taken your children on a school trip or even a sunday school picnic you know what i mean by counting how important it is willing sheep would respond to the prodding of the rod but stubborn willful sheep will not and for that the shepherd has a staff a rod with a crook at the end of it this is to gently but firmly exert pressure on the sheep to give a sense of direction to the sheep to remain with the fold or to lift the sheep from harm's way or to lift the sheep and put them into the sheep fold now sheep may stray from the flock if they sense danger or they may simply stay stray because they are curious and just like sheep stray away from shepherd we god sheep tend to stray away from the good shepherd are you feeling sheepish this morning the bible tells us in isaiah 53 that all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way but the lord has laid on him the punishment the iniquity of us all like sheep we are not dumb but we are dependent on the protection of the shepherd jesus told us a story of a shepherd and a lost sheep this is a shepherd who has a valuable relationship with each sheep he calls each sheep by name that's what john chapter 10 tells us and he goes after the one who has gone astray and this is where we see the difference between a shepherd and a hired servant the difference is when the wolf comes i don't know what wolf you are facing this morning do you fear a wolf and you think nobody cares for me not even god be assured the shepherd of your soul cares for you loves for you and is working out what you could never even dream about someone said before you go to bed give your troubles to god all your troubles he will be up all night anyway this shepherd not only comforts us in our difficult times but he also honors us in the presence of those who are against us in verse 5 it is written you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows preparing a table was not only a place of honor but in the ancient east a host was obligated to safeguard his visitors from all enemies at all costs david is portraying a close relationship with the gracious host a generous and capable host who is his own gracious god as a gracious host the lord is 
providing and caring for David in every way. He gives him personal care. He gives him abundant goodness. He is protecting him from his enemies and he is also granting him eternal blessings. There are times when people oppose us and we wonder why God does not answer our prayers for deliverance from this people. It is much later in life as we look back that we see God's plan to protect us, guide us, to exalt us in their presence while he makes a name for himself in all that he does, in and through us. There are times when God keeps certain people in our life, difficult people and difficult circumstances, so that as we trust in him, as we lean on him, we are able to remember and recognize that he works all righteousness. He leads us through all righteous paths for his name's sake. We don't know suddenly why certain things happen to us. We really don't know. And where is God in this picture? We are still not able to understand. But remember the promise of God. Remember the promise of Jesus. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Anointing someone's head with oil in biblical times was a courtesy. Refreshing them after a hot and dusty walk. The oil would have been perfumed with fragrant spices and herbs. It was a sign of welcome and respect. Speaking to Simon in Luke 7, Jesus tells him how inhospitable he was in comparison to that woman who was so hospitable to him. He says, you did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. But more than human respect and recognition, anointing with oil is how someone was marked as consecrated by God, set apart and chosen by God to fulfill his purpose. And all through the Old Testament, you see people being anointed by God with oil, marked out, separated, consecrated for his purpose. Even David had this personal experience where Saul anointed him with, uh, sorry, where Samuel anointed him with oil as, and to mark him as God's chosen king over Israel. Now David had many enemies. It all began with the lion and the bear when he was caring for his father's sheep. And then there was Goliath. But later, his enemies were on the home front as well, be it his father-in-law, King Saul, or his own son, Absalom. Many a psalm has been penned by David in the midst of his tears and the midst of his fears. Yet with David, you see a life that is not just sobered by trials, but a life lived with the full assurance that the Lord, his shepherd, cares for him. So the result is this, that David's cup overflows. This means that David's cup is too small to hold all that has, God has to offer him when the, God, when the Lord, his shepherd, is involved in his life. When we face trials of life, we think it is a cup of suffering that is overflowing in our life. And while there may be some truth in this, the bigger challenge for us is to understand the care of the shepherd in the midst of the suffering that we go through in our life, in the midst of the unanswered questions that we have, which doesn't seem to give us any clarity about how life is going to take us forward. But for many of us, the big issue at such times that 
a reality that God can bring to in front of us is that we seem to have a, a notion that our God is too small in the midst of the big situations and problems of life. Sometimes God brings us to that point in our life where he tells us to choose whether he is big or the situation is big. It's one or the other. Is there a difficult boss at work or is it a health situation? Is it a difficult person in your family? We don't know who it is, but you know the journey of your life. The question this morning is, is your situation or that person big? Or is your God bigger than all that you think is overwhelming you this morning? There are times when we feel that certain people and some specific circumstances have hemmed you in. The only way out, you think, could be the way the world responds. The world has a way of responding to these situations. Fight or flight. And this can be in complete contrast to the way we Christians are expected to live when the Lord is our shepherd. Author J.B. Phillips wrote a book, Your God is Too Small, which exposes the inadequate conceptions of God that still linger in our unconscious minds which prevent us from you know, catching a glimpse of the true God. So who is this God to you? For some of us, we carry the misconception that God is a resident policeman who is there just to punish me, just to find out my fault, and just to hammer me when I do something wrong. <laughs> For some of us, God is nothing but a parental hangover. We have had certain experiences as children growing up in our parents' home, and we think God is just like a parent of mine, the way the parent has taken care, good, bad, or ugly. For some of us, God is this grand old man sitting in heaven waiting for us, okay, so that he can tell us stories. For some of us, God is like a big CEO who sits on top of that hierarchy, who wants his people to achieve and doesn't care how his subordinates have to go through life to meet that sense of achievement. So church, I want to ask you this. Who is God to you, this shepherd to you? This is the most familiar verse perhaps in your mind right from childhood. But who is this Lord who is your shepherd to you this morning? Is he so small that your big situations overwhelm you? Is this why you try and find self-salvation methods to protect yourselves from trials rather than living with the confidence and assurance that he is there with you in the midst of your trials? The third point I want to bring to you this morning, therefore, is the provision of the shepherd. Verse 6. Verse 6 tells us, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our cup running over teaches us the abundance of who God is and what he is doing in our life. But just as a glass cannot be filled with milk when it is containing mud, we cannot be filled with what God has to offer us if we are filled with sin or pride or self-will. So before we can be filled to overflowing, we must be willing to empty ourselves of everything that would keep us from experiencing the overflowing goodness and mercy of our God. The psalmist David closes the psalm with an affirmation. He says, surely, 
some versions say only goodness and mercy will be present every day of my life dr harry ironside used to say that goodness and mercy are two sheep dogs that keep the sheep where they belong when the lord is your shepherd you live each day at a time and you can experience the goodness and mercy of god every day of your life now the average person lives his daily life crucified between two thieves the regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow but when you have the lord as your shepherd the future is your friend even though you cannot make sense of your present and that you have no clue how you are going to face the future as that few lines of that song go all these things about tomorrow i don't seem to understand but i know who holds tomorrow and i know who holds my hand church do you look forward to your tomorrows with dread and fear or with hope and assurance the lord who is our shepherd our god of hope is with us remember again what jesus said i will never leave you nor forsake you yes there are times when we foolishly think that the silence of god is the absence of god in our lives but god's word is true and his word will always prevail over what we think and feel remember also that he is already in our tomorrows we are not yet in our tomorrows but he is already in our tomorrows and therefore we need not fear the terror of the night nor as the psalmist says in psalm 91 the arrow that flies by the day the goodness of god is the nature of god which he reveals to us about himself who he is and how much he enjoys bestowing his goodness on his creation the mercy of god is the nature of god which he reveals to us to show who he is when his sheep stray away from the shepherd that's the mercy of god jehovah is indeed the god of revelation to his creation now the goodness and mercy of god does not come separately as a separate package away from god when the lord is the shepherd of your life the experience of goodness and mercy are a result of following the shepherd daily in your life don't expect goodness and mercy to come separately from the presence of the shepherd in your life sometimes the goodness and mercy of god is there for us to clearly see but there are other times when we must search out the goodness and mercy of god when we go through some difficult seasons of life at such times it is beneficial for us to look back and ask ourselves how our life would have been if the lord had not been on our side and this reflection must create in us a sense of thankfulness gratitude a sense of indebtedness to god for his divine deliverance in our life then like david we can be mindful of god's gracious gifts of protection and defense and affirm to ourselves and to those around that our future is secure in the hands of the good shepherd remember those three ways to reset ourselves remember what god has done for you recount to yourself and to others who god is to you and refresh others 
because when you refresh others, you yourself will be refreshed. The psalmist David closes verse 6 by saying, And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Church, when we are only focused on our schedules and our busyness, we miss out on getting God's eternal perspective on our lives on daily basis. Our relationship with the shepherd does not end with our numbered days on earth. But the Bible says that we will be with him forever. No wonder Paul tells us in the resurrection chapter in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. Now just like sheep live in a community, God has given us the blessings of a community that is journeying together individually and collectively together, finding God's purpose in our lives. Dwelling in the house of the Lord forever means to dwell individually and collectively in the presence of the Lord, together with each other and, and in the presence of the Lord. And he is coming again so that he can take his sheep to where he will be. Listen to this promise of Jesus in John 14 verse 1 to 3. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Our God is a God of preparation. He not only prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies in the here and now, He is preparing a place for us so that we can enjoy His presence forever. This psalm completes the full circle. It begins with us experiencing the presence of the shepherd and it closes with the promise that we will be in the presence of the shepherd forever. The word forever means forever. Continually, without ever a break for all future time. The greatest provision of the shepherd is the presence of the shepherd himself. Does that give you joyful contentment? Or do you desire for more than what God has planned for you? Let us pray that with the shepherd by our side, our true heart's assurance will be that we will never be in want. That like lambs we can skip and rejoice and enjoy the presence of God here and now as, as a preparation, as a, as a prelude, as, as a small reflection of what we will enjoy in His presence forever. We hope you were encouraged by today's sermon. Please visit our website, cc-dubai.com, for more information on Center Church Dubai. If you know someone who will be blessed by this sermon, please share this podcast link so they can stay updated.